Well, the Derwent are quite a good uh, product, um, made by Dyla Rani. I mean, for goodness sake, it's a great company. But they didn't get it right at the beginning. You're listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, Steve. How are you? I'm very well. Are you good? How are you? I'm good. I'm I, tired. I bet you are. You had a busy old night last night, didn't you? Yeah. Can I tell everybody about it or are you going to... Yeah, go on in. Well, can. what happened? <laughs> you can rest up while I, while I spout Take off. the reins. Well, it, it was... Uh, couple of weeks ago wasn't it you um you got an email you'd already agreed to do this venture and you had got an email when you woke up on a saturday morning saying hi steve can you get over to camberley we're shooting a film and what it is it was a 48 hour project what they as far as correct me if i'm wrong on any of this but uh, you were given uh 48 hours from the friday evening to the sunday evening to write, or you weren't, but the production company was, to write a film, shoot it, and edit it, and then present it on the Sunday evening. Yep. Is that right? Have I got that right? Yeah. I probably nutshelled it a bit, but that's, that's basically what you have. And you, got, you agreed to do it some while ago. Anyway, you got an email saying, get, get over to Camberley. Anyway, you shot this film in the day. It, it was only a seven-minute film, wasn't it? But uh, nonetheless... Uh, and you shot it, and then the the uh, editing on the Sunday. They spent most of the time, didn't they, doing all of this? I mean, you were only the actor, or one of the actors. Anyway, it was presented, and last night you went to... Last Saturday you went to the screening, didn't you? And then last night you went to the uh, party, you called it a party, is that what it's it a rap called? party? They call it. Oh, do they? Well, yeah. there you go. It's when it's a rap. It's all over. So. Oh, oh, a rap party. R A W R A P. I've got you. Yeah. Anyway, and then because you you were you were a bit sort of blasé about it, weren't you? Thinking, oh yeah, it's all right. So, you know, what can you expect for a seven minute film with a forty eight hours production? Anyway, you got. Five, four nominations or five nominations? Five, five nominations. Five nominations and and two winners, two categories you uh, you won. Yeah. And you were understandably quite chuffed about that. <laughs> surprised. Uh, surprised, yeah. <laughs> but well done anyway. Uh, Thank and you. I've said it so many times now, but I, it, it was a really... Uh, a, it, if you think a fortnight ago, you didn't know anything about this, and now you were... Uh, it, it was absolute carnage for two days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was lucky that I was only needed on the Saturday, but it was a very long day. They they wrote, I can't believe they wrote it overnight. And then I got the actual email with the script came through about four in the morning. But I didn't pick it up till six because that's when I woke up. And uh, I read the script in bed <laughs> as I've woken up. So I woke up on my phone reading the script. Uh, got ready and went down to Surrey and on the way I was fight directing so on the way down I was you know running through my lines as well as um, picturing this 
um, action sequence in my head because I knew that when we got down there, we've got to know what we were shooting straight away. Mm. Mm. And uh, yeah, I've spent the day shooting and, and doing the, the script. And then you never know what it's going to come out like because what you shoot, you shoot more than you need. Of course. And then uh, on the yeah on the Sunday, all the editors it had to be color graded, which is when they did set all the tones of the you know the film, uh, the colors, and then um, then they have to edit it, and then they have to um, put the sound in. So it was lots of yeah lots of stuff they had to do on Sunday, and it got submitted. I think with like I think like it had to be in by seven thirty, and they they submitted it at like ten past seven. <laughs> But pe- people were right to the wire, like running down the street with their laptops <laughs> at about 7.25. Oh, God. Um, but, yeah, so I was very surprised and very chuffed that we won. A good experience, though, Steve, wasn't it? It was. It was good. So Anyway. I'm, I'm a bit tired okay. now. Uh, <laughs> a bit tired, but I'm, I'm ready, ready to see this podcast. Good. Okay. Well, Got some, get your podcast hat on. <clears throat> Got some emails this week so this one came from youtube i don't have their username unfortunately but this was a really good question it came on one of the youtube videos um assuming you sell prints i have an art teacher telling me that i really need to work on larger paper in order to make good prints but it takes such a long time to finish is it a bad idea to sell prints of something say this size you have many fine details here with the horses and the reins and it doesn't look like it's lacking in anything it's beautiful what are your thoughts on this? And was that the... Um, that was the horse and... Uh, horse the, and the, the mist. Yeah, the ploughing and the mist mm, picture. Gotcha, yeah, okay. Um, well, uh, my thoughts are, the general idea is, if you're going to produce prints of a picture, you do make it bigger. Because when you reduce that, it tightens up the detail side. And you'll be amazed. I've seen some original artwork... And I've seen the prints from it uh, that's considerably smaller. And it doesn't look like the same picture. It it really has tightened it up and made the picture look absolutely stunning, where the original was okay. Do you know what I mean? Um, And I've done it with my own work as well. The Porpera Harbour was a very large picture. And when that was reduced to a small picture, you know, A4 or, or slightly larger than A4, it looked absolutely brilliant. Even the original was good, but that so that's what happens, and that's what the other the art teacher was on about. Um, but the problem we have, of course, with the pastel pencil is that it once you get bigger than A4, you kind of have uh, the problem of filling all the picture up. You know, it takes a long time to do. So going bigger than that is not necessarily a good idea. But that's the reason the art teacher pointed it out. I would probably suggest that you did A4, and if you wanted to do prints of it, you'd reduce it slightly and uh, have a slightly smaller print of it. Um, One of the prints I did, I can't remember which one it was now, one of my prints, I actually did it on A3 and reduced it to A4, and that did make quite a difference, but then you've got to be prepared to work larger. And that means you've got a lot more work to do and a lot more fill-up to do. Which is um, also hard with our paper because you can't... Well, it is, it, yes. A3 you've got to get size. larger paper. So I, I, kind of, I kind of feel that um, you would probably, if you're going to produce prints of it, I don't think wrong with having a bit of loose 
artwork in the picture anyway. I think people are looking at it. They don't view it. They don't put their nose on the on the glass. They view it from about three foot away as the sort of average viewing distance from a picture if you're looking at it. And that effectively does tighten it up to a certain extent. Yeah, it does, I, that, it does on that picture as well. Because that it does picture, on that picture. Mm. That picture, even though it's A4, slightly smaller than A4, they say, like, and this is with the pastel pencils, you can get that detail in. Mm-hmm. Um, and what people, I'm sure, um, probably don't realise, that I increase my uh, pictures. When you see it on the video, uh, it's usually slightly smaller than the picture that I present to you because I increase them. I do that for my own reason because the, I have to work tighter you know, on the video side. If I have a bigger picture, it makes it more difficult for me to video it. So the smaller the picture, the easier it is yeah. uh, to frame it in the, in the video. Mm. So I tend to, when I do that, I increase it slightly. Uh, it, I did with the, um, the missed picture. The missed picture that you get or the line drawing that you got was actually slightly bigger than the original that was done. Yeah. But I can do that because I work really, really tight. Yeah. And if anyone wanted to do it A4, they could do it A4 and reduce it again slightly mm. themselves. If they just reduce it by about 10%, that's not a lot, it would, it would tighten it up slightly. Yeah. Mm. So that, that's my answer to that. But she's absolutely right. The art teacher was right. That is a sort of common... I tell you something interesting. You know the cartoons in the paper, you know, the, the black and white cartoons? Yeah. That... Uh, appear in the um, daily papers. Well, they are produced quite large. Some of them are A3 in size. Are they actually? Mm. And then they reduce them down. I think the... I've seen two or three uh, of them because I I framed two or three originals by someone got hold of. It's quite a well-known cartoonist. I can't remember his name. Anyway, and it was... They were awful. (laughs) Really were awful. You know, the, the, a lot of Chipex, you know, the Chipex. I don't know whether you know what Chipex is. Of it was, course I do, yeah. I'm oh, not, you do. I'm yes. not that young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the old typists would know what that is. Anyway, it was Chipexed out, a lot of it, and it was really awful, but, but and quite large. It was sort of somewhere between A4 and A3 in size. And the actual cartoon in the paper was very small. So, so you don't see that had that. been reduced from... Yeah, you know, that had been reduced considerably, but it looked great in the paper. <laughs> but in in real life, my goodness, uh, not so good. Interesting, interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. No, that that is a fact. Yeah, they do that deliberately for that reason. Hmm. Oh, good. Um, so thanks, uh, the person that sent that in on on YouTube, and we did reply on on YouTube with a bit of a bit of information on that. Um, okay, the next one comes from Bren. This is about the laying dog um, picture we put up. Hi, I really love the laying dog and have started to complete it. Can you tell me if we have to blend the pastels as we have done in other pictures, please? Thank you, Bren. Um, well, I didn't, did I, on that one? Um, originally, uh, the picture, the owl picture, the laying dog picture, and another one, which I'm not going to mention because you haven't put it up yet, uh, I did... And I didn't use the, the blenders at all. The reason I did that, because we were going to issue um, instructions with it as well. 
So I kind of went back to the original idea of that. However, I would say that if you want to use the blenders on the lane dot, absolutely do. If I did it again now, uh, I would definitely use the blenders. As you know, if I was very, I can't think of a picture where I haven't used them in the last couple of years, except those two, uh, because I didn't, I didn't want to cheat effectively. Because when you're, when you're issuing a picture like that and saying this is a beginner's picture, my idea was that you would only need the six pencils and some paper and a line drawing, and that's all you would want. Uh, so to say, oh, well, now you've also got to buy this blender and you've got to buy that blender, you, you start putting the pressure on the beginners, really, or people that couldn't necessarily you know, mm-hmm. maybe afford or want to uh, spend that kind of money out. So that's the reason I did it. But the answer to the question is, yes, you could. Yeah. Um, when you first did those, did, you didn't have the colour shapers, though, did you? No, nope, you, you didn't did have the colour shapers at all. So that's nope. why none of them in the instructions have got anything to that's any right. mention Absolutely. of it. Yeah. All I did in the instructions uh, was uh, use your finger. I blended with my finger. Yeah. And that was the only blending instructions that were given on the packs, the starter packs. Mm. Oh, cool. Okay. Interesting, good. though. To cover that, yeah. The next one comes from uh, Bev. Hi, Colin. I've been using Derwent pastel pencils for some time now, but find they leave a lot of chalk dust. Is this fairly normal with this brand? Do you feel Absolutely. like... Do you feel I would be better to use Faber-Castell pastel pencils? As I noticed your tutorials, there doesn't appear to be a lot of dust unless, unless it's sneakily blown away. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's quite goodness me. So I, I, I assumed that the answer would be yes to that first question. Absolutely. Well, Derwent, poor old Derwent, have really gone through the hoop. I if mean, anyone listened to this podcast from beginning to end over the course of however long, <laughs> there's a lot of us slating them. Well, Derwent are quite a good uh, product, um, made by Dyla Rani. I mean, for goodness sake, it's a great company. But they didn't get it right at the beginning. And they tried, they tried to... Um, be a bit clever by making the the pastel a bit softer inside now that works quite well if you put up with the fact that it's going to keep breaking and it leaves a lot of dust it's kind it's not soft pastel but it's kind of edging towards that kind of idea which is dusty now the faber castell has got a different uh, consistency altogether we do use a lot of dust but people that have seen my pictures and watch me work, uh, I, most of that dust is rubbed in to the, the paper, which I use a lot, especially in the sky. Very little dust in the sky is blown away. Uh, but if you use Derwent, I'm afraid that's going to happen. However, there is a way out of that, and that is you, you just push it back into the paper, either using the colour shapers or your finger or another pencil. But that is a, a little bit of a problem. Derwent, uh, not only the breaking side, which is a very annoying thing when you've got a sharp point and ping, it happens with paper castell sometimes, but at least you've got more pressure that you can put on before it pings away. Yeah, it's just slightly stronger, isn't it? It's slightly mm. stronger. And now we've got the added problem of dust. Poor old Derwent. <laughs> Good. I, I, I'm sure we've covered that before, but it's been a while since we spoke about that. 
Yes. So I thought I'd just, uh, just cover the well, dust. Well, it's worth it. I mean, who is it? Sorry? Is Bev. It? Bev. The first time she's probably, or maybe a new to our um, site, so she wouldn't have realised. Mm. So it's always worth repeating anyway. Um, so let's move on to talking about a new project that I put up um, this week, which was the Grey Wolf. Um, yeah. And this one, uh, I, I, I was a bit deceived by it because I said to you, is this an intermediate level? And you said, no, beginners can do this. And it looks like it's a lot harder. <laughs> um, you know, I'll tell like you why I did stunner. that. Yeah, the, the way I did that is, is because a beginner would never be able to produce that exactly as I've got it. Even an intermediate possibly would have struggles with it. Um, but the colours, the straightforwardness of the colouring is good. If I was um, looking at the first part of that, the, the ear, yesterday, and I thought, I wonder if I've made a mistake by saying to you that this is a beginner or can be used as a beginner's project. Um, but when I looked at it, I thought, as long as the beginner follows me and did exactly what I did, it's pretty straightforward in what I did there. The only probable problem, and everybody will face this, is in, in the blending of the fur, because by golly, we were talking about I didn't use the blender in the laying dog pie. I made it up for this wolf, didn't I? By golly, that was used extensively on the fur. But, of course, what a difference it made. What a lovely uh, product uh, we ended up with. But the even advanced artists might well struggle a little bit with that. But it's a good project. It's a good project to get your teeth into. And... Uh, as to say, a beginner would be able to do it. They won't be able to do it as I do it, that's for sure. An intermediate would struggle to do it as I do it, and even an advanced artist would, would find it, you know, a bit of a pain. But it, the end result is stunning. Yeah, we've had a lot of requests for wolves um, over the past year or so. People have been yeah. saying, can you do a wolf? And so we put this one ready um, we put this one together and a slight, we wanted to do something different than the wolves that you've done previously. Yes. So we wanted to do something new and, uh, I like the, I like the profile shot. I think it's a nice, uh, it is. Yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice shot. Let's talk about the background. Um, yeah. Why did you pick? Because, uh, it's a, it's quite a dark background and quite a light animal. Yes, it is. Well, it, well, it still works well, though, doesn't it? But you, if you notice, it's not that dark. Up in the left-hand corner, it's very dark, isn't it's like it? It's vignetted, I'd... if that's a word. It's like you that's put a vignette right. on it. Yes, and if I'd put that dark colour close to the animal, it would have been a bit too hard. But because I've shoved it in either corner, it works really well because it then, by the time it gets to the animal, it is actually a medium tone, isn't it? It's not dark. Mm. The only dark bit really is on the back. It's something, sometimes you, you have a, I didn't have any idea when I did this wolf um, because I did it, uh, several, several pictures I followed and, um, you know, I concocted it a little bit in my usual way. And the backgrounds, none of the backgrounds looked like that at all. I mean, they were all just you know, woods and trees and all sorts of things you can imagine, snow. Uh, so I thought, what I, what colour can I use? Well, I follow the usual rules here. I find the colours that I've used, so the, the um, 230, uh, 233, start the ball rolling. 
And then I thought, right, let's put these out, some of these other tones in. And uh, I can't remember the one I use now, but I'll have to revisit and look. Uh, it was a while ago I did this. But what I ended up with was a, a brilliant. I loved it. And it showed up the wolf, didn't it? That's got, the idea. You got a real different in texture of the fur of, of, the, of the on the face, on the top of the head, mm. and then the fur coming from the ear onwards, you know, the long straggly fur, mm. and then almost the same texture as a koala bear type mm, of fur, right. that kind of twiddly action with the... Mm. Mm. Um, it's a really interesting... Uh, it, it creates a lot of texture on that picture. It does. It gives it? you yeah. a lot of... Um, yeah, a lot of different aspects to it. The the thing that I noticed, and we put up a YouTube clip on just the colour shaper being used to demonstrate the technique that you used with using the colour shaper to blend the fur. And, yeah. and having seen the final picture, you can really see how important it is to go in the direction of the fur and to move the picture around because you could totally follow even from the nose right mm. down to the neck the mm. the contour of the fur you followed mm. it that's right it it's great well i mean we're looking at this in, in two or three ways really we're looking at it first of all as a picture to, for people to copy and do so it's a project and the techniques involved in that are really important for someone learning because that can apply to all animals can't it um and particularly dogs and if you're a dog lover you'd, you'd love that because it's going to be very um, important. Also, the other thing is we, I wanted to introduce colour into it, and that was a wonderful picture to introduce that lovely orange, which I think mm. is adorable in the picture. And that's very true. It was very, it, I, I reproduced that exactly from one of the pictures. So I got it from that. So that aspect, we've got that. And the other thing uh, is it would make a fantastic picture to sell to people, you know, as a print, as a... Uh, a picture for their wall. Yeah. Um, so it it works on so many levels, doesn't it? I can't yeah. imagine anybody who who's a wolf lover not running out to buy that in an exhibition. I can't. It, I can't. It's see quite it. a commercial painting. You're picking quite commercial paintings, which is another which is another yeah. thing that you have to consider when you're picking a a project. Mm. For we talk about this, we get a lot of suggestions that we want that, that people want mm. us to do. And I think one of the things is commercial viability, isn't it? That's right. Well, we found that out, uh, Gabrielle, last week um, with her pictures yeah. and on Facebook. Uh, the, uh, it, we, we know if we follow the rules, we're going to get the results. And uh, it's all icing on the cake as far as I'm concerned. If someone gets a, gets a picture finished that they've really, really enjoyed doing and learned a lot from that picture... So you've got enjoyment level, you've got practical level, the techniques. And then you put it in the frame and you put it on the wall and either people admire it and say, that is fantastic, so you get the benefit of that. Or, better still, someone buys it. So, you know, what better conclusion can you get from that than, uh, than that? Uh, that's what it's all about, really, Pete. And it would only work, Steve, if it's commercial. If that was an old boot sticking in the middle of that, it, someone ever's going to pass it by. Uh, people would say, oh, I like that. But not many people would put it on the wall, would they? No. That's a good point. I'd much rather have a wolf on the wall than a boot. Ah, oh, so would I. <laughs> 
So if you want to check out the, the project, we've uploaded it to our, uh, as a, sold individually onto our new website, pastelpencilcourses.com. So you can get that course on its own for $7, uh, lifetime access. Or you can go to our membership, colinbradleyart.co.uk, and it's included uh, amongst hundreds of other tutorials and packs that are in the membership. So you can sign up uh, and join there. Uh, and like I say, we put the clip onto YouTube. So if you want a 10 minute preview of, of how dad used the color shaper, it's like a masterclass, really a 10 minute masterclass on how to use the color shaper to paint that color and uh, paint, mm. paint those tones together, bring those tones together and lighten the tones. As you say, it, it, it creates tones that you wouldn't otherwise get with a pencil. I think Steve, we've had so many um, requests over the um, last year or two, of talk, how do you do fur? How do you get the fur? How do you make it look real? By golly, if you see that, you won't need to ask that question again. Yeah, it's a technique that you can take with all of your pictures from then on. Absolutely, really. absolutely. Yeah. And I would now you've got that on YouTube, Steve. You, and um, it's a good idea to pe- refer people if somebody, somebody new joins us and says, "How do you get the fur looking so good?" Well, look at that, mm. and. Uh, give them that uh, as a, an example because that's a really, really, really one of the best I think I've ever done in terms of examples. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So much depth to it. Mm. See, so, I'm learning as well, Steve. <laughs> well, it's not only everybody. See, I've, I've learned from, from all the things I've done, I've learned to do that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Well, I hope you continue to learn more so you can teach more. Keep learning. Absolutely, absolutely. I am. Um, I mean, my current picture I'm I'm working on uh, is again. It's a landscape, and it's again. I'm using diff- some different techniques in it, and I love it. Oh gosh, I'm so I enjoy it so much. You know, when I'm doing it, and then I'm also got the uh, added advantage of well, this is going to go out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. They're all going to say, "Gosh, I'm going to be able to learn to do this." Mm. Great reward. We but get it, it, we get the impression of that enthusiasm from yourself, obviously in the videos, but also from our from the students when people comment, and you can just tell by the tone of their email how enthusiastic they are and how right, how right. grateful they are. And we we are in turn grateful for for those emails because it's mm. it's really motivating to to mm. read them. But it comes out even in an email. It comes out the it does, doesn't it? The mm. enthusiasm mm. that. that yeah, well, long may that continue. There's no reason why it can't and, and shouldn't do because it's um, any, anything creative, doesn't matter what you're doing, it's, it's a wonderful for the, for the, uh, the meditative side of uh, the brain. our life. Yeah, uh, yeah brain, Body. Uh, physical side, you know. Oh, so many uh, health benefits as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, good. We'll call it a day there. Um, So that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Steve Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. You've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast. Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk. (laughs) 